Hey everyone, and welcome to Broadcast His Love. This is a podcast where we talk about what life looks like when we decrease our name and increase God's name, because it's all about Jesus, living life on purpose for Him. And I know that God has put gifts and talents inside of you, and it's what we do with those God-given gifts that matters. We want to point all the glory back to Him, no matter what it is you're doing today, where you're going today. All the glory goes back to him. And I love our guest today. You all, I'm fangirling. Is that fangirling? Is that how you say it? I'm so excited for today. Diane Jago is on. She's a mom of three, founder of Deeply Rooted Magazine, author of A Holy Pursuit. And she's local. She's right here in the Pensacola area. Her and her husband serve at Olive Baptist Church. So how are you, Diane? Hi, I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm here. Yes, I love you like so much. (laughs) So much. I don't know you. We do not know each other. We live about 30 minutes from each other. Your book is working on my heart right now. Like the I'm listening to the audiobook of it. And I mean, I've been driving around and cleaning the front porch, like just doing a deep clean of the front porch. And I am getting so fired up. What the Holy Spirit is doing through that book, through the words that he gave you to write that book are so needed in this day and age. It's about decreasing our name and increasing God's name. It's about doing your career. You know, you want success, but all of that filtered through Jesus, all of that to Jesus, to God, to his glory. And today we are not going to give away your book. Like we're not going to say, here's everything you need to know that's in the book. We want you to get the book, but we are going to learn from you today, Diane, and this is a treat. So tell us a little bit about what you have shared in that book, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'm so happy to. Um, I So I didn't know that I was going to write a book. That's kind of how God works sometimes um, in our lives. He just puts things on our path that totally surprise us. But yeah. one thing that I felt really burdened with um, was just a lot of the messaging that we see in our culture that is so self-focused, so set on um, following your dreams, chasing after your heart, doing whatever it takes to be successful. And with just the rise of social media in the last decade, we've just seen every opportunity to be able to do that, to make a name for ourselves, um, to become influencers, however that might be. And so the problem with all of this, it's not that that's necessarily a bad thing. There's so much opportunity there, but it can become an idol of our heart. It can make us look to others, compare, and think that this is the standard for living. And sadly, Christians can get swept away in this mentality as well. And so my heart behind it was just to help women specifically navigate like, okay, I have desires and goals and aspirations. Um, What do I do with these? Like, I know that if I've given my life to Christ, I've been called to die to self. What does that look like? Like, do I follow after my dreams? Do I not? Like, what What do I do with all of this? And there's so much mixed messaging, even within the church. Right. Um, some are saying, you know, don't do anything that you desire. Don't do anything that you love. Like, you just need to lay it all down and just follow hard after Jesus. And they'll give you this model or this template of what it should look like. Right. But on the other hand, there are those who are like, no, if you have a dream in your heart, that that's God given. You need to follow after it. And so, my hope and my goal is that we can go to scripture and look, what does God say is the purpose of being alive? Like, what is our purpose here? And that's the number one question that everyone 
um, is asking themselves is like, why am I here? What am I here for? How can I live the best life with the the breath that I've been given? Mm -hmm. And I think when we filter that through scripture, we realize it doesn't all look the same. There is no one size fits all answer. And Mm -hmm. so that's kind of the aim of my book is to cut through the messaging of the world and to see how following hard after Jesus and looking to his word, that's everything that we need. It's so everything that we need. In your book, you talk about talking about the gospel and what is the gospel. And one of the questions that you asked was, take some time and write down what the gospel is to you. What is the gospel? And if you're talking to someone, you know, the whole goal is for other people to come to Christ, to come to Jesus, to be saved and to go to heaven with us. You know, we want everybody to go to heaven with us. And that's the good news. You know, in your book, you ask us to write down what is the gospel. And I wanted to share my answer. Is that okay? That's so cool. I would love to hear it. Okay. So here's the definition of the gospel. This is just what I wrote. And I encourage you who's listening, take 15 seconds or, you know, more, whatever, couple seconds and write down what is the gospel to you. So when someone asks you, you can tell them what the gospel is to you. And um, so what's your definition of the gospel? Your book asks, I just wrote, ah, it's perfect. And I need it for everything. It's my personal instruction manual to live life to the fullest. The gospel is alive and meets me right where I am and helps me smile when I'm sad and makes me humble when I'm proud. And it's the same to me as it is to you. So that, I don't know, that was my definition. Wow, that's beautiful. (laughs) I love it. And I think the reality is, from what I'm getting at, everything that you're saying it, is it's it's life transforming. It's yes. literally like, what's funny is the other day, actually it was yesterday, my uh, six-year-old daughter, she came up to me and she's like, mom, I know what the gospel is. And I was like, oh, what is it? And she's like, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I was like, okay, that's great. Like those are the gospel, like books of book. Those are the gospels in the Bible. But like, I think she was misunderstanding what the words are. Yes. And my whole purpose in asking that in the book is because we toss it around so much like, oh, I need to share the gospel, but like, what really is it? And it is this life transforming message that, like you said, it, it humbles us. It takes us off the throne of our lives and it points us to the person who should be on the throne and that's Jesus. And where does that come from? It's this reality that we are separated from a holy God. We are born into sin. The wages of sin is death. When we look to Adam and Eve and how God had laid things out in the garden, like they had perfect communion with him, but that fellowship was broken. And so all of us who are not in Christ, which we all start out that way and are born that way, have broken fellowship with him. And I think that's the thing is people think that Christianity is like just this nice religion where now I'll have better behavior. But no, it's this message that we are separated from God and there's nothing that we can do earn that salvation. Like every other religion in the world is works-based and what can I do? And sometimes our dreams can fall fall into that. Like if I do these really good things and I achieve these things, then I'll be pleasing in God's sight. But I think the more that I dive into scripture and the older that I get, the more that I see, man, I just fall short all the stinking time. And what do I do with this problem? Like I, I know what I should do, but I don't do it. I mean, I know what God has set as the law and yet I can't follow it. And the whole 
Old and New Testament points to people constantly falling short and never measuring up. And so in one sense, this can leave us really depressed and devastated, but we have a Savior who took the form of man and, and lived and endured and felt all the things that we experience. And yet he lived a perfect life and he died and um, rose again and now sits at the right hand of God and intercedes on our behalf. And there's just, there's this, I don't know, it's just, it's so full and so rich. And I think initially when, and I'm just speaking for myself here, but we, we get saved and we hear this good news in this message and we don't even fully understand it, but we're excited and it changes our lives. But as the years go by, we can just become so numb and callous to it. But I just realized like salvation is the beginning point, but the journey continues on. Like we never grow out of the gospel. And so your sentences to me are really exciting because it just shows how it's still so fresh in your own life. Who needs hope today? God intercedes on your behalf, you know, oh my goodness, like he will fight for you. You need only to be silent. Like I have got to know, okay, every year or for the last, I guess this would be the second year we started in 2020. Yeah. I think it's actually the two year anniversary when this is airing. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, sorry, that all just came up in my brain right then. But we talk about this every year in churches, you know, everywhere. Proverbs 16, 9, we make our plans, but the Mm. Lord determines our steps. And I want to know your definition of this. I'm going to read that definition one more time. This is in the New Living Translation. And the only reason why I'm reading it again is because whoever's listening to this, I want to learn from Diane with this scripture. Um, She wrote a book on it. So... (laughs) (laughs) But um, we make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. So what do you think about that? I love that verse. It has been my go-to. And it's funny because my husband, you had mentioned we work in um, college, young adults ministry, 18 to 35. And so, so many of them are just asking like, I want to know the next thing. And even though they might have their major solidified or they might be in their career, there's Mm -hmm. still always this level of uncertainty. And um, that's something that I just, I had to come to learn prior to my husband being in the the ministry, we were in the military. And so um, a lot of our lives were just up in the air. And that's where I had to learn, like, we can make our plans, but ultimately it is the Lord who is directing our steps. And so I think that just really plays into understanding God's sovereignty, which is just, it's an attribute of his, he's sovereign, he's in total control um, of everything that happens with everything that he's created. And so um, just realizing and recognizing that we are still called to make the decisions. Should I choose the red car or the blue car? We are still called to, you know, dress up every morning and decide which route we're going to take to work. Like we have a free will. We have an ability to um, make choices and decisions, but ultimately God is the one who kind of shapes and determines how that all plays out. So just a really practical example is I can apply for a job and I can really pray about that. And that's kind of the first step is praying like, do I see myself in this position? Do I have the abilities or the, the, the desire to do this job? Um, is this a good season of life that I'm in to be able to take it on? And so you kind of make that first step in sending in the application, but you don't really know what the outcome is going to look like. And God could close the door and you don't get the job or God could open the door and you step into it. Um, and so there's just, I don't know, we make our plans. And so often we we kind of 
hold on to our plans. And like, it's, it's almost like you've decided in your mind, okay, I do want to do this job. And so now you're building your whole life around it, but God never gave you, you know, the answer to whether or not he was going to give you the job. We have to be able to hold things loosely. And even if you do have the job, be ready to walk away if God calls you out of it. And so, um, I think it's really just a, a posture of our heart. Are we surrendering the things that we care about? Are we holding things loosely um, yeah. and recognizing that he really is controlling just the circumstances around us? I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. But. Oh, it makes complete sense. And I would like to share a little bit of my testimony in this. I am reading your book. So whoever's listening to this, like I'm going through a heart transformation reading her book. So this is why I'm sharing the story. But the whole goal is to help you, to encourage you to use your position, no matter what it is, to broadcast God's love. So I do I do want to paint the picture with this quick story. Um, yeah. I worked in news here in Pensacola and things weren't working out at the station. Negotiations, it just wasn't it wasn't working out. And I'm like, you know what? We got to get out of here. We got to go. We got to go. We got to flee. We got to get out of here. So I started applying to other jobs. The first job that came up, I took the job. And you know, the crazy thing is, is like my husband, he was like, like, let's go, let's do this. And uh, he was so sweet to do that, but he didn't have to, you know, I should have laid down the idol of news. I should have laid down the idol of wanting to be famous, but I didn't. I picked up that cross and I followed it and it didn't serve us well at all. You know, within a year we we're back in Pensacola and God has richly blessed us since then through two kids and jobs we love and an amazing friend group and church and all that jazz. But, you know, to God be the glory through it. I say that to say, whatever cross you are picking up, let's let it be Jesus. Like let's pick up Jesus's cross. And that is the heart transformation I'm going through right now in your book. And yes, it is all about the heart. And Christine Kane, I love her. She's a pastor. She's out of Australia, lives in California. She is consistently asking people in her podcast and in her sermons, how is your heart? And that's what I want to ask you listening. How is your heart right now? What are you feeling? Take those feelings, whatever it is, and go to scripture. And that is what Diane is here today saying, filter it through God's word take it to scripture. Let's see what God has to say. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I'm sorry. I just went off, but I, I will say all that to say your book is changing my life and the amount of time that I've listened to it. So just thank you for writing that book. I know I've said it before, but thank you. Yeah. Praise, praise God. That just thrills my heart. And that's a really great practical example of just I don't know, testing, testing your heart and seeing what are my motives. And when we really think about it, like scripture is so clear that the heart is desperately wicked. Mm -hmm. And so it just, we have to, like, when we think of God's word, sometimes I think we're like, oh, this is just a to-do, or this is something that, you know, will make me a better Christian. No, it is living and active. Do we believe that? Do we believe that it's profitable for teaching, for correction, for reproof? Reproof, I, I studied that word recently. It literally means to expose. And so what happens is as we're reading God's word, even if it doesn't specifically say, Ricky, you shouldn't take this news job. What it is saying is, this is what the heart looks like. This is what righteousness looks like. This is what unrighteousness looks like. And now it's kind of sifting through the motives and the thoughts that we have. And, you know, our thought life is just my mind at least is so wild. It it just yeah. trails off and you really do have to take your thoughts captive. Mm-hmm. But like, we're not just 
controlling our thought. Like I no longer want to be fearful. I I no longer want to think this thing again. It's like, no, what does God's word have to say about it? I have to just not empty my head, but I have to fill it with what is righteous and true and pure and lovely. And so I love that example. I think, um, it's a great practical and honest and humble response that, um, I, I feel like we just don't see a lot of that today, at least in social media. Yes. Um, the Bible verse we're talking about Proverbs 16, nine, we make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And there is something I would like to read. I know we're about to wrap up and I will ask you what Bible verse is helping you in this season. Um, but for my country music, loving friends, I'm going to read <laughs> a song by Thomas Rhett that my husband and I played the night after we had our first child. And it just like paints the picture of like life changing, but it's funny. You know, it's a, it's a funny yeah part of this song and it's, um, by Thomas Rhett. And then I'll ask you, you know, the big question, but this is what it says. Ain't it funny how life changes? You wake up, ain't nothing the same and life changes. You can't stop it. Just hop on the train. You never know what's going to happen. You make your plans and you hear God laughing. Life changes. Yes, it does. And I wouldn't change it for the world, the world. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh no sorry and i wouldn't change it for the world yeah Good. <laughs> that's no. awesome it's so ridiculous that i'm saying those lyrics but it's like ain't it funny how life changes <laughs> i wish you would you should have sung it you should have sung it i'm gonna have to ain't go listen to it now life yeah changes <laughs> you know oh all that to say life changes and like yeah. you wake up and ain't nothing the same but god's <laughs> word will never fail and he's the same yesterday today and tomorrow yes. like he's not changing we can make our plans but the lord determines our yes. steps yes. 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 yes 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 okay Diane, I love you and I'm still reading your book. So I will follow up with you when I'm done and just tell you what this book has meant to me and just the change from it. Like only God, only God. Thank you for writing it. Um, What Bible verse is helping you in this season? So one that I've been really just trying to implement every day is Galatians 6, 8 through 9. And it says, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption but the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. And I just keep thinking about how every day, every decision that we have, like there's so many decisions in a day and we have an opportunity to give a fleshly response or to be spirit filled. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously like a really high charge to like be spirit filled all the time. But The reality is that we have every ability to do it. And I just think even in the most simple things, like whether it's responding to my kids, like sometimes my reactions aren't, um, they're not spirit filled. They are of the flesh. And I have to confess that to them and tell them, you know, like mom was not being loving or having patience or um, like bearing fruit in this moment, but just confessing that and turning it over to God. And so I don't know, it's just a verse where I keep thinking about like our days are numbered. We, you know, and yet God has fixed the number of days that we have. And so often it's easy to focus on what is it that I'm doing with my life or like what, you know, where is the applause or where is it that um, it can look like worldly success, but 
No, like true success is being able to stand before God and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And that's living a spirit-filled life. And so just trying to put that into practice and be mindful, like walking by the spirit is an active thing. And and the Christian walk isn't something we just coast through or we get saved. And then we're just, you know, letting God take the wheel, so to speak. Like he is in control of our lives and he is directing our steps, but we still have to put feet to our prayers kind of a thing. So, so yeah, that's the verse that I've been thinking on. And just, oh, also the charge of not growing weary and doing good. And it's just thinking about that, like there is room for weariness in doing good. Like scripture is almost acknowledging, like, I, I get that you might be tired and I get that it might be hard because when we sow to our flesh, like that's an instant gratification. Like it might provide temporary comfort and it might be great in the moment, but long-term it's actually leading to your inward destruction. And so walking by the spirit might be harder and more challengingly, but challenging, but it actually is what's going to lead to eternal life. Oh my goodness. Can you say, okay, can you say that again, but in a different way? Okay. This is terrible. <laughs> oh my. I, I, I work in health insurance and health insurance is so confusing. I tell everyone it's so confusing. Even <laughs> if they are like, I'm so confused. Yes, you're right. It's yes. so confusing. That was so beautiful. I cannot leave that conversation. Please explain it a little bit deeper if you don't mind. Yeah. So, well, taking it really practical, working with like specifically young adult women, a lot of them are entangled in sin. I mean, who of us aren't struggling with sin? Right. But the one, the one thing that I've noticed is like they have, and and I have, you and I all have an opportunity at every moment to make a decision that is either going to be spirit led or it's going to be done in our flesh. Mm -hmm. And so, um, every decision that we make, we're either sowing seeds of destruction or sowing seeds of life. And it's just, when I, when I think about it, like we have the Holy spirit in us and he's the one who is enabling us and equipping us to live the life that God has called us to. So it's not like we're alone in this and we're having to do it ourselves specifically within the passage of Galatians. What was happening at the time is Paul starts out the entire book saying, I'm so astonished that you guys have deserted the true gospel. Not that there is another gospel, but what they were doing is they were focusing on allowing their works and um, their good deeds to be what was like, what was their savior to them. They were relying upon themselves and their strengths to get like, to be in good standing with God. But Paul was saying like, God is the one, like God is the one who called you to him. He's the one who did the work for us through Jesus on the cross. Like nothing has ever been about you Mm-hmm. you who were dead to sin. And so um, I'm the one who has called you to newness of life, but I've called you to do it through my spirit and not for yourselves. And so I just think on a daily level, like so often we are um, trying to live our, at least for me, I know that I try to like live my life apart from God, which sounds so silly because so much of my life is wrapped up in ministry, but it's like, am I relying upon myself or am I relying upon the Lord? And so it's kind of examining at the end of the day, like, man, was I walking in the flesh or was I walking in the spirit? And when I was walking in the flesh, that's sowing seeds that are leading to my own destruction. So that's what, to me, it's sowing seeds. When I see these young women that are entangled in sin, it's no wonder you have depression. It's no wonder you have anxiety. It's no wonder you're filled with fear. And it's because so much of your daily like choices have been in the flesh and pleasing to the flesh as, apo- as opposed to what is pleasing to the spirit. And so wow, it's, it's just being conscious of it. And, and I don't say like, we can say all of this and then feel discouraged and be like, man, I just, and that, that's where one girl was. She was like, I just keep making these bad decisions. I keep 
sewing to my flesh and I'm just frustrated and I can't, I can't do this. And I just told her, I was like, listen, this is the best place to be is at the bottom of the barrel and realizing Mm -hmm. that what there's blessedness and brokenness. Like that's where we realize, no, you can't do it. And I can't do it. And I need Mm -hmm. Jesus to do it. And it's learning to live a life in constant confession, just taking it to the Lord and being like, man, I screwed up today. I really messed up, but I need, and I need your help. I'm like, there have been times where I've just pleaded with the Lord to help me. Why is this not clicking? Why do I keep falling into the same habit and sin? And praise be to God that I can, there are things that I struggled with years ago that I I still struggle with them today, but not to the degree that I did before. There is hope and, and he does change us and he is transforming us from one degree of glory to another. Um, It just takes time. And I think sometimes we, we, you know, in real life, we plant a seed and we're not expecting instant results. And yet we sometimes expect that of our own spiritual walk. Like, okay, God, I I did the the godly thing. How come I'm not entirely transformed and changed? And that's just not the way that he works because we wouldn't depend on him if, um, if it was so instant. And and sometimes he does do instant changes. I'm not downplaying any of that. I just think that the Christian walk is, is work and it takes time. And, um, and it's a daily battle. So we just have to take it one day at a time. Sorry, I totally ran. No, that's good. I think it's so important because, um, and I'm reading this in your book right now, that you know we've been saved by grace. Our salvation is a free gift. So yes. when we're talking about working and working on this podcast, Diane, is something we talk about all the mm-hmm. time. Like yeah. I love to work. A lot of people who listen to this podcast love to work, whether that's, you know, cleaning your front porch or... <laughs> Whatever you do, if you're a lawyer, teacher, whatever you do, we want to do it to God. Um, So I think talking about that is just another awesome reminder that, yes, let's do what we do for Jesus. But as far as being saved, we've been saved by grace. You know, thank God for that free gift. Salvation is ours now because of your blood. And one thing I wanted to mention when you were talking about the flesh, you know, what we're sowing, um, you know, the law of sowing and reaping and all that jazz. You, you didn't say that, but I'm just, that's the picture yeah. I was painting in my head. Yeah. So if you right now, if you're like, oh my gosh, that's me. Oh my gosh. I'm not sowing good things. Um, no, it, you know what? It's not even you. It's a family member. <laughs> it's not you at all. It's a fan. <laughs> it's somebody else. Okay. But I just want to read a couple scriptures, Matthew 23, 12, whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So, okay. That's what God does does to us when our pride seeps in. Um, the other verse I wanted to read was okay. About pride Proverbs 11 two. when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. So humility is such a good practice. And yes, there are so many people right now, this is airing in January when we're saying, here we go. What are your Mm -hmm. plans? What are you going to do for 2022? And Diane, as we close this out, I just want to ask you this last question. What do you want us to do in 2022 as we are making goals and we are making vision boards or whatever you're doing to get organized, you know, to steward the gifts God has given you, you want to be organized and, 
and do your best. I mean, I don't want to, it sounds like I'm really trying with this, but I just want to ask you, what would you recommend? Like I'm reading your book. We're pursuing Jesus in this season. My prayer is that everyone listening is pursuing Jesus. What do you want us to do knowing that God knows the desires of our hearts? I love that question so much. Um, the verse that came to mind is Psalm 119.9, which says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? Mm-hmm. Um, some translations say by guarding it, like how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? And so I think as we enter into the new year and we have goals and dreams and desires and, and plans for ourselves, stay in the word of God. It is what, this is how, you know, you don't want to sow seeds. Uh, you don't want to sow fleshly seeds. You don't want to sow... Um, what will result in inward destruction. The reality is we have to be guarded by God's word because that is what is going to expose us. It's going to correct us. It's going to train us for righteousness. So many pictures in scripture of what, you know, righteousness versus unrighteousness, light versus dark, the fool versus the wise person. Um, There's just so much wisdom packed in scripture. And if we truly desire to know truth, like ask and you will receive. God will illuminate his word and make it alive for you. And it takes time and it takes practice, but it's something that will not fail you because the reality is the things that we're pouring into here on this earth, whether it be your job or even your front porch, those things are fading. Those things will pass away. Um, You plant a garden, you quickly realize how the weeds grow up. You start a new job and you realize, man, there's some really toxic coworkers. There's just so many ways where we see this world isn't our home. But like you said, God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And his word is the one thing that will not fade. And so as we pour into it, it will be our guide. It will give us comfort. It will encourage us. It will help us to see what pleased God, what pleases God and what doesn't please God. How how do the testimonies of people in scripture, how do I see, man, my life is actually really similar to theirs. I'm not that far removed, even though it was a different culture and time. There's just so much joy to be found in it, but it is something that requires discipline and practice. And so for me, I think, I think it was actually this year, my biggest prayer was like, God, I just desire the the fruit of self-discipline, like help me because I just, I need discipline in my life. I need it specifically in your word. And, and I'm happy to say at the end of 2021 that not that I've mastered it by any any means, it's just that he has answered that. And it didn't Amen. come easy and it wasn't instant, but it's something where I continue to just live in that state of like repentance and confession and recognize, like rejoicing when there are victories, but not being depressed or staying in depression when there's failures. And so um, allowing scripture to just, be your guide. And there's, there's a lot of creative ways to do that. I just want to add this because I think sometimes we can get stuck and think, oh, it has to look like opening up my Bible and having several commentaries and different things out. And, um, my challenge, and this is one thing that I share with a lot of the young women is like find creative ways to get into the word. And so obviously we have sermons and podcasts and different influencers and people who are sharing things. And those, those things are really great because especially if you're in like a spiritually dry season where you just haven't been in the word, you haven't been in the word in a while and it just feels like foreign language to you. Those things can help stir our affections for God. So those are like really good things, but just don't let that be a replacement. Go to God's word either by reading it and doing something like really intentional. So um, for example, you could go into it and say, you know, I really want to study like 
how is Jesus, this is something I recently did. I made a spreadsheet, which is kind of nerdy, but I was like, I love it. how is, how is Jesus being attacked by the people around him? Who were the people that were attacking him? Which was interesting because it was not just the Pharisees, but it was like teachers of the law and scribes and even his own family members. Um, how are they attacking him? What were they saying? And then what was Jesus's response? Mm-hmm. And so I was in like a kind of a dry season, but and some things were happening in my life where this like question of going into scripture helped make it come alive and made me realize, wow, okay, Jesus actually walked through a really tough things and can sympathize with me or empathize with me. But um, he also looked, this is how he responded. So having that intentional mindset um, as you go into scripture or seeking something out, like today, this is so random, but I was looking up like why did Sarah turn into, or sorry, Sarah, why did Lot's wife turn into a pillar of salt? Like, yeah, just why? kind of a question. Why was it like, what was the purpose of that? And I didn't know, but in studying um, just like the geography of the area, the Dead Sea like is completely salt. There's no life there. And a lot of that had ha- had occurred because of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. So there was literally fire and brimstone falling down and like salt. It just, I don't know. It's just so crazy. So there's little things like that where you can go in with a question um, and just be intentional about it. But then also like, I love, um, there's an audio Bible on Spotify called street. I think it's called street lamps. Okay. And you do such a great job of like, I love, I love Christian hip hop. And so he kind of has like this spoken word type of voice. Oh, I um, love it. And so there's like a good beat in the background, but I just, I'll listen to that in the car or I'll listen to it in the shower or wherever I am. I'm just trying to fill my mind with scripture. And when you think about like in the Psalms where it talks about meditating on God's law day and night, like yes. it really is possible because what you'll do is you fill your mind and it could, it doesn't have to be a whole passage. It could even be a verse, but you really just chew on it and think about it and and ask yourselves questions about it and praise God for it and pray through it. And there's just all that to say, there's like so many creative ways to get into scripture. Let's not limit it to like, you know, one simple way of jumping in, if that makes any sense. Oh yeah. I mean, street lamps. I wrote that down. I'm going to look it up on Spotify and I will put a link to that playlist or however they have it organized yeah. in the description of this podcast. I just uh, Googled it. Sorry. It's street lights. Sorry about oh, that. Oh, street lights. Street, <laughs> street lights. lights. No worries. There Lamp will be a light. link to it. <laughs> all good. Street lights. All good. Um, yeah. I love hip hop um, with scripture. It's yeah, it's really good. See, just another encouragement you listening out there. If God has made you to do something really cool in life, just do that thing for yeah. Jesus. You know, yeah. it could be hip hop. It could be yes. writing a book, a holy pursuit. Girl, you have three kids and you prayed for self-discipline in 2021. So, and the Lord answered you. I just want to challenge everyone else. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need some self-discipline with my time. Self-discipline. Diane Jago, mom of three, founder of Deeply Rooted Magazine, which we didn't even talk about the magazine. So awesome that you have that focused on God's word focused on scripture. So all the cool things that we love as women, all the fun stuff talk like filtered through scripture. I guess there, there's, I don't know how else to describe it, but is there, and we are wrapping up. I promise. I'm so sorry. Thank you for your time. Did you want to say anything about the magazine? Um, I mean, I'll just say, so taking a really practical example in my book, when I wrote about whether you would like you can press pause on a dream, follow a dream or, or lay it down. The print magazine is actually one that we decided to discontinue 
um, this year, but I'm really excited because it's opening the door for an entirely new shift in our ministry next year. So the whole mission of Deeply Rooted has always been to just be deeply rooted in Jesus Christ. And so we're still going to continue doing that just in a totally different medium. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah, You guys have a massive following, Diane, like 56,000 followers. Oh my goodness. That's the Lord. It's totally the Lord. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my Lanta. And you used to be a photographer. Are you still doing photography? I just do stuff for Deeply Rooted. Yeah, I love editorial and and lifestyle stuff, but no, not professionally, no. Okay. Well, yeah, if you all check them out on Instagram, Deeply Rooted Mag, like M-A-G, is where you can find their Instagram. Um, And that's for the magazine. And then then if you want to look up Diane Jago, you can look her up at A Holy Pursuit on Instagram. And I do recommend her book. It's online. I mean, when I bought it, um, it was under ten dollars. So you can get the audio book or the you know the book, the actual book. <laughs> you know that thing that people hold in their hands. Um, but yeah, it was it's under ten dollars. So super reasonable and focused on Jesus, focused on His Word. And there's uh, one thing: your book, the focus of it. That book. There's another book called Scent. The Purpose Driven Life, obviously the Bible. And then um, there's one more book that I love. Oh, actually a book that our mutual friend recommended. It's called Embracing Obscurity. Is that it? You know that book? Obscurity. Embracing Obscurity. Yes. And it's, I think Embracing Obscurity is like $2 online if you get a used copy of it. So just if you're thinking about some reading this year, Check out A Holy Pursuit by Diane Jago, our girl right here. We love her. Connect with her. Let her know that you heard her on the podcast. At the end of every podcast, we always pray, Father, decrease us and increase you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, this is Dustin, one of the pastors at Grace Bible Church in Sebring, Florida. Thanks for tuning in to listen to Broadcast His Love with Ricky Van Stewart. I hope you also consider joining us on our podcast as well. Our hope is to encourage you, inspire you, and compel you towards a closer walk with Jesus and one another. You can find us on every platform where podcasts are offered by simply searching for Grace Bible Church Sebring. Again, this is Pastor Dustin, and I hope to get to connect with you very soon. Hey, this is Mark Stockland, pastor and CEO for Haiti Bible Mission in Jeremy Haiti. If you'd like to follow along with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti, you can check us out at HaitiBibleMission.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to get you guys connected with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti and how you can partner with us to live the difference, to help empower leaders to transform communities. God bless you guys and have a great day. Hi, y'all. This is Nan Charland, the owner of the Laurel Oak Inn Bed and Breakfast in Gainesville, Florida. You can find the Laurel Oak Inn on the internet at laureloakinn.com or Facebook and Instagram, Laurel Oak Inn. Until we meet you in person, we certainly hope you're enjoying life to its fullest.